0: dave how are you mate
1: i'm good chris you well
0: yourself yes i'm absolutely wonderful and i'm delighted um that you've joined me to talk about one of my favorite things a favorite thing that i don't don't do a lot, in fact, I haven't done it for ages, with the exception of this little baby, uh, nice. which is uh, not the kind of same firearm that we're here to talk about today, but obviously being, oh, obviously being former military, I have an interest in, in firearms, thoroughly enjoyed shooting, um, something I'd like to do a lot more. So to our friends at home massive thank you for joining us. Uh we've got Dave Ewing chatting to me today. I'll take that off one ear so I can, so I don't sound so weird to myself. Um Dave has a uh Dave represents an organization called Firearms UK and I'm sure he's going to tell us more about that and has a a um blossoming Instagram channel and yes not just the fact that I like shooting weapons but also I, I think uh, there's a lot more to owning a rifle or, or, or any firearm than, than meets the eye with respect to the way the world's going at the moment. Uh, I'm talking here about freedom I'm talking here about tyranny. Um, It directly relates to the USA's Second Amendment, which is the right to bear arms. If I understand correctly, uh, under British constitutional law, which goes back to the Magna Carta, um, every Englishman has a right to bear arms. There's some caveat in that, as in, it's like the right to bear arms as as deemed fit at the time. I kind of get that, but because we're we're ridden roughshod over by Britain first and secondly then Europe, these uh, inalienable rights are being erased, um, and I think that's worrying in itself. Obviously, it goes without saying neither Dave nor myself or probably anybody we associate with, promotes violence of any kind. We don't promote irresponsible gun ownership. Um, and, and I think we both understand the implications of, of citizens owning weapons and the responsibilities that, that come with it. Also, the mishaps that can take place. But what I would say is uh, we really need to balance these off between the odd mishap and no one's going to pretend that's pleasant or, or, or whatever, as opposed to global tyranny. Um, you know, the whole world be losing our freedom as opposed to... as as opposed to the odd mishap where someone gets seriously hurt. I hope that kind of makes sense. Um, Dave, what I'd like to do first, let's just charge in with a a bit of action and and watch a few videos. Is that okay? Yeah, perfect. And I'm going to, I'll try and describe the the weapon because only I can see these videos, friends at home, and then we'll just have a little, a little chat about it. So, Marines and technology, here we go, fingers crossed, Um, let's have a look at this one, this looks like a shotgun of some some form. Just to try and get the weapon in shot. Dun, dun, dun. So at this stage, we should say thank you to Henry. Um, Henry's channel, let me just find it. Oh, oh, oh. Um, one second, friends. So Henry from British Shooting Dynamics was the gentleman that very kindly put Dave and I in touch. And it's his footage that we're that we're watching. So, Dave, yes, this first weapon. It it looks like a pump-action shotgun. Only you have to load it each time. Is is there a reason for that? Why why you can't just
1: this kind of... uh, Yeah, it might just be the the. Uh the sort of discipline he's shooting, or he's maybe just doing it rather than... Uh, obviously, it takes more time to load the magazine, so if you're maybe going for time, you might just quickly load it into the breach one at a time. Uh, shotgun law in the UK is... It's, it's not complicated, but there's a, a a few variations. You can have shotguns, pump-action shotguns, semi-automatic shotguns, and of course, your double-barrel, single-barrel on what's called a shotgun certificate. But that's only with a capacity of no more than two in a magazine, one in the chamber. So three cartridges overall. Anything over that was on a firearm certificate. And a firearm certificate is a little harder to get. You could argue a shotgun certificate is a right to get. The police need to find a reason to refuse you. Firearm certificates need to provide good reason. I think think maybe the one that Henry's using is probably used in practical shooting Uh, if it's Got a greater capacity. Generally, if you're doing clay pigeon shooting, you, you only use two cartridges anyway. Uh, but as I say, there's a lot of times you might just be loading one at a time just for a quick reload.
0: Yes. I've um fired shotguns a couple of times. I said this in a recent podcast. We were on the range once um, whilst I was in the Marines and we had a pump action shotgun and everyone got 10 rounds just to just to fire at the target and we were uh, no more than five meters away it was you know it's pretty close because I mean a, a pump action shotgun is pretty much like in in military terms it's designed design for being up close like when you see the SWAT teams blowing open a, a door, door or something Um, so we all went up and had our 10 shots and it's kind of it's almost impossible to miss from five metres with a, with a shotgun when the target is a figure 11, so it's a, a, a person-sized uh, target. And then one of our guy, guys, Paul, went up and... Ch-ch-poo, 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 fired off his 10 rounds. <laughs>
1: Missed with all of them. <laughs> By the way, it's, uh... It's not as difficult to miss as you think. Uh, uh, it's amazing. Everything's a shotgun, just massive spread. But Obviously, that happens over a greater distance. So, I mean, at close range, it is still quite easy to miss, you know. But mm. uh, it's still, I mean, you still expect someone to hit most targets, but it can be difficult. Yes. I think I
0: was telling the story the other day as well. My my friend said, Chris, do you want to go shooting? I said, Of course, I'm going to say yes. So we went out to um, uh, a mutual friend's farm and he just handed me a 12-bore. And we were patrolling the grounds, looking for anything basic that we could shoot and and obviously eat because we're not uh, psychopaths. And um, I saw a pigeon come over and I just thought, ah, pigeon pie. So I went up. Fired one of the chambers, one of the barrels, and um, just one feather came spinning down. <laughs> so, I think that was the uh, the luckiest pigeon in the southwest at the time.
1: Yeah, oh, I said absolutely. I mean, it's when you've got like when you're shooting game and things like that, it can be really hard because they, they move a lot faster than you think, and you you know it's it's a good challenge, which is why I always would recommend if people are going shooting. Do a lot of practice with clay pigeon first, you know, because it's it's a really dynamic sport.
0: For anybody watching, if if you want to hear more about uh, shotgun shooting or or what's the actual name, Dave? It's not skeet shooting, is it? When, what's the Olympic Olympic trap? It's called, isn't it? Yeah. Where they have the trap, it flings up the clay, and the, then the, the the marks person has to to raise the the shotgun and shoot it well we had georgina roberts who's representing great britain at the i believe it's the 2024 paris olympics i i don't watch a lot of television so uh, forgive me if i got that wrong georgina she's also the british shooting team coach and we did a podcast the other day where she chatted with robin horsfall who's a former sas trooper who was in the Iranian embassy siege. And he's also a trained sniper, incidentally trained by the Royal Marines, which is uh, interesting that the SAS are trained by the Royal Marines. And that was a great chat. So uh, for anybody um, watching, I suggest you look somewhere down my video list on my YouTube channel and watch that one. It was um, one of my most enjoyable podcasts yet. So, Dave, let's look at the next one, shall we? I'll try and explain what what we're looking at. One second. Oh. So, to be honest, a lot of these weapons look the they they look like they're a play on a play, like they're. Um, It also looks as though maybe they're trying to copy like an American counterpart, if that makes sense, but maybe switch things for legal reasons. So I'm guessing um, many weapons fired in this country are 2-2. Would I be right in saying
1: that? Yeah, 2-2 is probably a fairly common uh, calibre to shoot. It's used a lot in pest control. And uh, because of its relative low power, you know, a lot of, small indoor clubs who it uh along with other sort of pistol caliber rifles and things like that. Mm. Uh I think what you're talking about there's a lot of lot of modern two twos. And you actually I mean a lot of modern rifles based themselves on the sort of AR fifteen platform. So you got a lot of clones of that uh, type of rifle. Uh a lot of people call them assault rifles. That's a, a personal bugbear of mine. It's we can go into details later about what an assault rifle is, but they're not generally legally available in the States. And in, in Britain, it might visually I mean if I can show you my own one, people look at that and say it's an assault rifle. It's a two-two rifle. It is semi-automatic. We're allowed semi-automatic uh two-two rifles in the UK, uh, Rimfire, generally speaking. Oh yeah, sorry, Rimfire. Uh, but this isn't an assault rifle, it's simply a modern rifle. And the reason they're widely copied is is the ergonomics you know you've got your sort of fire controls your magazine release close to hand it's modern materials you can adjust the stock very easily it's just the uh, technology moves on and i think that's because it is such a uh an ergonomic platform it is widely imitated and it is a is a very good platform so you will see a lot of similar rifles and to be honest Someone that should know what they're talking about. I can look at a lot of them and I couldn't tell you the exact manufacturer because ah, they're so similar. But it's a it's a it's a very popular platform, and as I say, the reason why is because it's a good platform.
0: Yeah, I mean, don't let's not worry too much about specifics because a we're not nerds, <laughs> we're not gun nerds. But <laughs> also, it's like I I used to fly. I represented the Royal Marines at fly fishing, and like I I could tell you what my fly for fishing rod was i can tell you what that guy's <laughs> unless he handed it to me oh yeah shakespeare <laughs> yeah. couldn't tell you what what weight it was or you know what whether it's a river rod or a lake rod probably could tell it's a lake rod because it, they um they tended to be longer but then again they got salmon rods which were even like why am i talking about fishing rods let's talk about <laughs> 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 um yes the so two two would be uh, many. Many people would probably start with that weapon, and I'm thinking about people that used when I was young. Rabbiting was quite a popular thing, especially if you did anything around a farm. If you're a farmhand, you'd probably have a two two to go rabbiting, and you'd have the big lamps. You shine the lamp on 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 a field, and when it makes contact with a rabbit's eyes, the rabbit freezes, like freezing in the headlights. And then you shoot it. Sounds really uh, sounds really cruel. But it, as opposed to trying to shoot a moving rabbit. Where you might wing it in the leg. And then it has to just limp away and die. It's actually quite a, a human, humane way. And I hope it goes without saying folks. We're talking about eating what we shoot here. This isn't just you know. This isn't trof- trophy hunting. <laughs> yeah. um, and if you eat meat you should be prepared to kill meat that that's i think that's a fair um, i think that's a fair thing to say and also dave it's it's a weird time isn't it because people want to get you in trouble just for having conversations like this and yet they'll go down to tesco and pick something out of the freezer compartment all vacuum packed and they're like no i don't i don't want to know how it was killed
1: yeah, it's, I think that there's a massive disconnect between the food on people's plate and where it comes from. You know, they, they are quite happy for someone else to do the dirty work and have the discussions with uh, people. And it's quite interesting, you, men, you mentioned fishing. Uh, uh, he's a friend, I mean, it wasn't like a, a spiteful argument, it was a, a discussion, but it, it was criticising the fact that I would go hunting and he's like, you oh, you're just doing it to kill. And, you know, it's quite, it's quite, I it was like, yeah, being a bit hypocritical, there you eat me, but he also asked him, Do you have the same problem with fishing? And they had no issues with people going fishing, um, it's the same thing. Why mm-hmm. is me going hunting with a rifle any different from someone to get a fishing rod pulling a fish out of the water? You don't need to do it, you can go to the shops. Why have I got a bloodlust that the person fishing doesn't, you know? So it's there's a lot of hypocrisy there, and I think I, I don't know if this is an erotic down, but perhaps like vegans or vegetarians, I have no issue with them, make your own choices, but some people are so critical of meat eaters. And you're talking about rabbits there. Rabbits are uh, an invasive species in the UK. I don't don't think they're a native species. And uh, they do an incredible amount of damage to crops. It costs millions of pounds and that's worth pest control. So, I mean, people, even if they don't eat meat, the things they do eat are protected. You have to shoot. You know, you're shooting wood pigeons, you're shooting rabbits to protect crops and land for, for the things that you're eating. It's something we can't get away from. And I think the important thing you're saying is we do it ethically, humanely, and where possible, if you can make use of the meat, absolutely go for it. That way it's, it's not dying for nothing. It's uh, it's a, it's a, an area I think a lot of people really do need to be educated on. And hopefully they watch podcasts like this and they start to think about things like that.
0: Yes, definitely. I think um, I talk a lot about plant-based diet, but I try to eat plant-based for health reasons. It's not, I mean, I would actually, I would say health reasons. And also when you see these factory farming videos, God, they're sickening the way the way these animals spend their, their final hours of life... Well, actually spend their whole life if they're penned in a cage. Um, so you get people like Joe Rogan talk a lot about... You know, he, he doesn't eat that meat anymore. He will just eat game meat that, that he's hunted himself. I mean, there's a whole other argument again. Which is... Is it unfair shooting an animal with... Well, of course it is. It's They, they haven't got... A, well, they've got a chance, but... <clears throat> god excuse me um but yeah i mean the odds are obviously in in your favor and i i wouldn't dispute that um it's why i'm a big advocate of uh, plant-based eating is it keeps your body in the alkalinity that that it would have done when we're hunter gatherers because when we were hunter gatherers we wouldn't have been eating cows every day and and and, and rabbits and like you try catching one of those things with your bare hands and we've only had the skills in society in recent times to make the tools to catch animals, to domesticate animals, to rear them um, in in farming. So that's just an interesting aside, Dave. I'm just saying this for our friends at home.
1: Yeah, I I think, I mean, I don't think there would be any harm in people eating less meat if they wanted to, you know, I mean, we, we do consume a lot and not even just me. I mean, the amount of consumption as you see every day, like wow, we're doing a lot of damage. I mean, but it's it's when it's when there's a certain amount of hypocrisy with people. That's what bothers me. And as you say, there's people that will happily eat me, no questions where it's came from, and criticise someone that goes and hunts their own game. And they're like, you are know, like, get a grip. Don't virtue signal to me when you're not uh, you're not really so high and mighty yourself. It's but it's all about education, and I think a lot of people criticise because they're scared to reflect on their own reality and their own lifestyles. It's much easier to try and pick on certain groups and make them look bad, to feel good about yourself. And it's just something, hopefully, as I keep saying, we can change with time and education.
0: Yes, there's a lot of um, division in society,
1: isn't there? Oh, and I, yeah, a lot of it, and I think a lot of it's, I think, intentionally stirred. You know, setting little groups off against each other. It's, it's
0: crazy to be honest. Yes, very much so. Sorry, I'm just putting a graphic up here, folks. It's Chris trying to be clever. Um, it's, it's, it's a like and subscribe graphic. Believe it. Or. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me try that again. Hang on. There we go. Sorry, I blocked your I blocked your pretty head out,
1: Dave. But I'm oh, right. I'll let you be with it.
0: I'm sure you're big enough and tough enough to <laughs> to accept that. I'll reposition that, folks, for the next podcast. Um, yes, interesting. It's all it it's it's all interesting. It's uh, I think people have got to start working together. But um, I think it suits these. Uh, madmen that control us all that we're all bickering and fighting amongst each other over you know what 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 we eat and what color our yeah. skin is and you know what how we spend our pastime, as opposed to really focusing on on this loss of freedom that we're all we're all experiencing but perhaps that's uh, yeah it's uh as you say keep, keep
1: the masses bickering they don't concentrate on the, the real issues yeah it's a, a real problem yeah but it's, it's interesting that i mean there's a guy like george orwell i mean i think he's very obviously quite well known for all his sort of works on you know government authoritarian authoritarianism and things like that and there's a sort of famous quote attributed to him that that rifle and the laborers flat, uh, yep it's becoming reality isn't it but I think it's that, that rifle in the labourer's cottage or the shotgun in the farmer's house is the greatest symbol of democracy and it's our duty to keep it there. And he's absolutely right. If, yes. you're, if people are trusted to own firearms, you have freedom. And that's, I don't think that's an extreme opinion. I think you can see that worldwide where you look at totalitarian regimes worldwide up to the present day, you see totalitarian regimes. The first thing they do is restrict firearms ownership. Mm-hmm. And I certainly think it's a marker for freedom and and it's a slippery slope to go down.
0: Yeah. And there'll be people saying, Dave, yeah, but um it only takes one madman and, and and we we're not disputing that like I say, terrible things the the potential there. But a few things I'd say is first off, mentally unwell people statistically it's been proven are way more likely to hurt themselves than another individual and i've been chronically mentally unwell and i can tell you it wasn't going to hurt anybody i know i can't speak for everybody but the other thing as well is where are the weapons at the moment where are the assault rifles and the pistols well they're with the military aren't they and how have the military been deployed for the last 20 years well they've been deployed on pretty a pretty dodgy wicket haven't they and a lot of people have profited massively off that that misery and that carnage. And so the suggestion that oh, it's all right for for the sociopaths to control you know our whole military and the, and basically the militaries worldwide, but the people aren't allowed to defend themselves. Then then you can see why it's this is a real a, a real situation, you know, and and it's it's it's. Well, I don't do fear and I don't do being scared, but from a from a, a holistic, futuristic perspective for our children,
1: it is frightening. That is, And I think that's it, the thing as well. A lot of people is they don't trust politicians, but they're quite happy, as you say, to get let them control all the, the guns and the power. And they're not people that are anti-gun. They're not anti-gun because say they, they banned All Guns Tomorrow and someone refused to hand in their firearms. They've not threatened anyone. They're not they've never intended to harm someone, but they're saying, This is my property. I want to keep it. They're quite happy for men with guns to come around to that person's house and threaten them. So they're not anti-gun, they're anti individualism, they're anti-individual freedom. They're quite happy to and I think a lot of them should be concerned because they're happy for government to abuse power when it's something they agree with. But I think A lot of people are waking up to the fact that that power can be abused towards anyone, which is why it should be limited. Yes. There's that wonderful film. Um,
0: I can't remember the name of it. It was was really quite um, had quite an effect on me. It stars Mel Gibson. I think it's probably one that he produced. And it goes back to uh, it's, it's in America. And it goes back to one of their wars. I don't know if it was a civil war um, or the war of independence, but basically the troops rock up at his farmstead. And because his son has just turned 14 or whatever, they're going to nab him for their army. And like, you have no say in this, right? You, you're, you're, you're volunteered as we would say in the military, right? You're, you're press ganged, right? Well, Mel Gibson plays his father that's already been in a war and he sees the utter horror of it. He sees the utter futility of it. And he also sees like the mentalists that, that profit massively from, from these young people's deaths. And he's not going to let his kid go into that horseshit, right? So when they come, and they, then they do come and they, they grab his kid and they literally drag him away. Mel Gibson says to his other boys, and and that they're, they're basically children, or certainly young teenagers. He's like, right, there's your rifle, there's yours. You go and set yourself up in this position. I'll be here. And and his kids, and they they fight for their freedom. They they get their brother back. Right. I can't remember how the film plays out, but it was so powerful that the 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 family bond love the importance of what is right in in life and what is wrong and and that the you know the 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 powers that be will just wipe that life out because it suits them and and they that you know they can um they can gain from it and and the fact that like the the guy that Mel Gibson played he was prepared to lose his his other two boys to fight for what was right and his own life to fight for for what was right um yes shall we have another look at a yeah sure a video so i think we watch this one's going to surprise people i think it surprised me (laughs) yeah Right, so I'm going to play a little game here. For our friends at home, put in the comments what you think this rifle is. And I'm going to give you 10 seconds. In that 10 seconds, I'm going to sing a song. Sing, sing a song. Sing it loud the whole day long. Sorry, 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 Dave. I'm so sorry, mate. I, I wouldn't subject. Hey, <laughs> hey, I sang to Robbie Williams. Can you believe it? Wow. <laughs> he loved it. He he told me after the podcast, I was actually like the best singer that he'd ever heard. And had I gone down his route, I'd just be mega famous the whole world over. But
1: it's only you know, circumstances were different, eh?
0: Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> got to make do with what you got. So, friends, by this time, you've put your answer in the comments. And just a bit of fun. Don't go and delete your comment because that means you're a you're a killjoy. I thought this was a, an um, M16 or or the, the Armalite. And then Dave enlightened me that it's a different bore. And Dave, I think it's the one that you said is a shotgun.
1: Yeah, I think it was a, a Typhoon shotgun. I think that's the brand. Yeah, so again, it looks very similar to the AR platform, but it's, uh, it's a 12-gauge, 12 bore 12, shotgun, you know, used in practical shooting, things like that.
0: Yes, um, and it's even got a magazine on it, so I'm guessing you just load the shells in as normal, and it's sort of... I, I, I guess technically it's a pump-action shotgun. If Did... Or was it automatic? Let me just check this again.
1: I think it'll be semi-automatic.
0: Yes, semi-automatic. Yeah. Could you just explain for for us then the difference between single shot, semi-automatic, and fully automatic?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, fully automatic is probably the easiest to explain. Uh, as you know yourself, hold the trigger down. It should keep firing until the magazine's empty. Semi-automatic, you'll uh, need to release the trigger. Every time, just like bang, bang, bang. And a uh, single shot, bolt action, obviously you need to operate a bolt manually. Uh, we are allowed, I say semi-automatic shotguns in the UK and semi-automatic uh, rifles of 2.2 Rimfire caliber. And so we're allowed some fun toys, if you like, uh, and obviously there's so many checks and background checks you go through and British shooting communities, very safe. So that's why, you know, it always bothers me when we get targeted because we've got such a great safety record and we're responsible people that, you know, we can be trusted, but he's, he's, there was actually recently articles and I can't remember what the rag it was, some hack of a journalist was making articles up about these shotguns and and rifles simply because of how they looked, just trying to stir up hysteria. And uh, that's the problem. People see these things and they do get worried about it and think, well, why do you need anything like that? It's just simply a modern rifle, modern materials, and it's used for sports. And it's a great sport. And that's why i always encourage people, before you judge, give it a go. I guarantee you'll walk away with a smile on your face.
0: Yes. There's something I want to talk about, but I don't want to say the word, Dave, so please don't say it. The reason is YouTube are very specific on this this platform about in any way enabling somebody to do this thing to their weapon. And I'm just going to spell it. It's a B-U-M-P stock, right? I'm spelling it folks because otherwise the software will pick it up we're not we're not breaking any rules here but the software pick it up then the video get flagged. then the video has to be has to go off to be checked by independent checkers the whole process can take anything up to three days and there's no point just for saying one word so I'm not I'm not trying to uh, break any rules here um, and we're not going to tell you how you make one either because that's that is the actual rule, you're not allowed to teach people how to make that thing that I just said. But it's a way I believe that you can turn a semi automatic weapon into a fully automatic weapon. And, and again, folks, not suggesting anybody does this, it's illegal, uh, certainly in the United States. Um, you could probably get away with it in Vietnam because I think you can do it. <laughs> anything or certainly when I went to the Kuchai tunnels could shoot anything you want could shoot a m60 machine gun you know the old Vietnam they called it the pig you just go and you don't have to have any training they just go yeah there you go fire at that
1: I've it's, even um, heard,
0: yeah I've even heard like worse things that you can shoot in Cambodia but let, 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 let's um, not let's not go yeah. there but apparently this um this this stock that I'm talking about is it like you make an alteration, and it just means your weapon can fire on fully
1: automatic. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> they, I think they actually banned them recently in the UK, which was weird because it wouldn't work without a two-two round fire. I think it relies on recoil to operate. Yeah. yeah. So obviously your full bore rifles, it would work, but again, because of all the hysteria. And, and the media is so bad because America's, everyone says, we don't want to end up like America. You never hear the good things about America. It's always bad news and it, it comes over here. So our politicians decided to ban bump stocks, although they're useless, they can't be used with anything. No, I don't think anyone was buying them anyway, but it's just to, to be seen to be doing something. You know, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's easy to do something about the law-abiding people. It's not so easy to do something about the criminals. Yeah that be the real problem. But you, you just I, said the word.
0: Oh. <laughs> folks! Can you see? Can we see, see what we're up against here? This is what we're doing to bring you these videos. We're, no, no, mate. Is that? It's it's absolutely Yeah, no, it's absolutely <laughs> fine. Um, going back to the two-two. Have you ever heard of a conversion? A two-two conversion,
1: as in. You get a full-bore rifle and you can put a 2-2 barrel in. Yes. And like
0: uh, yeah, yeah. It's actually the working, what we would call in the military, the working parts. You take your SA-80, for example, uh, you strip it down, you take the working parts out, so the firing mechanism, and you replace it with a two two two, two as opposed to a 5.56. And what it does is it, it converts the weapon to the lower calibre. So when you are doing training... Um, like, for example, when we train to go to the Northern Ireland conflict and you do live firing exercises where you go out and patrol with live rounds. You go into a mock-up village and targets pop up, a bit like what we've all seen in the sort of um, Hollywood films. And, of course, you see a target. You've got to decide, is, is that a woman with a baby or is that a a, a rebel? I'm just going to use the word rebel. <laughs> Uh, any other words going to accept, upset someone here or upset someone there? And to be honest, I I, don't, I, I couldn't care less about getting in arguments. Um, but yeah, someone pops up with a balaclava on and you're... And of course, for safety, you don't want to be doing that with 5.56 as if that hits one of your buddies. and the, it's, it's either game over or it's definitely a trip to the hospital. So yeah, you get these conversion kits. I just wondered if you'd ever... Heard of that before?
1: Yeah, I think there's a, a lot of guys. Uh, uh, I'll just bring this up again, that's all right. Uh, what
0: don't, they're doing. Don't
1: shoot. <laughs> so basically, uh, I think they can. It's like an upper they'll have. So they'll maybe have like the. Can I get this open here? Fun and games. So obviously, they've basically got the lower and uh, they've got an upper. It's maybe a We've got a two-two, so we can use it semi-auto, and then they've maybe got a two-two-three upper that they just swap round and you know, put it back together. So uh, yeah, lot of civilian tutors do it, saves them buying a whole new rifle a lot of times. But it does each each uh, item will go on your firearm certificate. So uh, the, I think the, really the register, the way it works here is, I think pressure-bearing parts are classed as licensed or uh, going certificate. So like moderators. Uh, barrels, things like that. Mm. And it's interesting though, you could have a, I believe you can have a, a moderator for a 2-2 air rifle. You won't need a firearm certificate. But if you had a two, an actual firearm certificate, 2-2 rifle, you need special permission to get a moderator on that. It's, there's a lot of little, silly little things in our laws. But mm. to be honest, in a lot of ways, our, our laws are quite good. If the system was a lot fairer, Maybe we've changed a few laws. we, we don't really have a, a bad basis of a system. It's just it's been abused in some ways and it's gone too far. But generally speaking, our system worked quite well. And you know, I mean, I'm a great believer in the Second Amendment. I think I think America would be it'd be a mistake for them to really to to go down the road we've went because as you see, over the course of the twentieth century, an inch isn't long and becoming a mile when it comes to restricting freedoms. That said, although the American Second Amendment can trace itself to British legislation, which you, you touched upon, and we could go into that later, later if you want. Uh, I think Britain we, we couldn't go back to having that, certainly not right away. And I'm always in favour of adopting or making comparisons to like the Czech Republic, which are, are, has got fantastic gun laws and it's a European country, so we can. All the people that get hysterical about America and say, well, forget about America. Let's look at Europe. And there's lots of great examples there. And I think that it's a way forward for us as a community to show you know, owning firearms isn't a bad thing. It doesn't affect public safety. It can improve public safety in many ways. Uh, And it can be implemented with a better balance between people with safety concerns and individual rights of people. Yeah. It's something I really advocate
0: and we're not talking about you know everyone suddenly gets a a bloody shoulder holster and and carries a pistol to work we we we're not we're not we're not saying that we we're, we're more talking about the the drivers behind what what could arguably be called losses of freedoms you know what what why why is it so important um that we lose the right to bear it, you know what 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 what, what the other factors coming because it's not just about yeah well if one psychopath has a bad day yeah get that completely get that but there, there there's always with these arguments there's a, a a bigger picture and what the the controllers tend to do is chuck in something emotional because they know the people will squab- will squabble over it whereas in actual fact that that's a very it's just one. One factor, and it's usually, you know, not that relevant to the bigger, you know, not 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 massively relevant to the bigger picture.
1: Absolutely, I think. I mean, there's so many things as well that you can see the agendas, and the agendas are always that is always to restrict civilian firearms ownership. I mean, there's been terrorist attacks in France with illegal firearms. And the, the first thing that the European Commission and that decide to do is go after legal gun owners but had nothing to do with it. And, and they, like, they do like to exploit uh, firearms incidents. There's, there's a comparison I always like to make. And it was, I don't know if you remember the Nice attack where a, a lorry driver was killed and the lorry was hijacked and it was rammed into a, a crowd of people. From my understanding, more people were killed and injured in that attack with a lorry than where in, the, I think it was the Las Vegas, I think it was in the guy in the hotel shooting in a crowd. Bigger crowd, the guys indiscriminately shooting with those, using those things we're not meant to talk about. Uh, more people died and were injured with a lorry. So, as you're saying, evil finds a way. And the point is, for me, is always, find out the root cause of why people want to commit crimes, go after those people, don't concentrate on the people that aren't a problem. But there could be all sorts of agendas where if you have a population that's scared, they might be more willing to give up some of their freedom. And uh, so do governments not want to really solve issues? Mm. Does, because then that may mean they have to give up power. It's, there's, there's so many factors. It's uh, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I'm just going to say one thing here, Dave, and we'll we'll leave it at that, because I'm acutely aware there'll be people watching now that are going, but... And it's like, folks, we get it. Sometimes things are not always what they seem. I think I think you know what I'm. The more astute amongst you will know what I'm talking about. That's all I'm going to say on the matter. Let's look at another awesome weapon.
1: It's actually Christy something that's as obviously military background, but it's something that it's a sort of civilian shooting community talk about is. We try not to refer to them as weapons because uh, we can't own weapons. They're not not for personal protection. And and the word weapons always kind of, it's quite emotive, you know, it's a lot of people try and use it to instill fear. So it's, uh, I know it's totally not intentional and it's obviously the military background, but we always try to refer to them as like firearms, simply to try and avoid people being able to exploit the term, like look at all these weapons he's got, you know, and things like that. Because everything I own, it's not, it's not a weapon. It can it's, it's not. The purpose isn't to use it as a weapon. It's for sport, and uh, it's it's little things like that, though, that you can see the little subtle influences everywhere that gradually, I, I think, can make people have concerns. I think you know? you'd
0: be surprised if you knew how many times I've been. Uh, I I completely agree with what you're saying. Right. And every time I say that word, I'm like, don't say it again. And what it is, is in the Marines, you're not allowed to call a rifle a gun, which to oh. you guys is perfectly fine. You know, guns, da da da. In the military, it's a rifle, right? It, that's it, end of. Unless it's a shotgun, then, you know, yeah. perhaps you can call that a gun. So. I, it's because I'm struggling to think of a word that covers both the shotguns and the rifles without saying "gun." Yeah. <laughs> and no, I'm not military brainwashed, everyone. It's just I don't know. It's um, or maybe I am. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> but yeah, no, I no just... really good point, mate. And I'm glad you picked me up on it. Um, isn't it funny that you know language is so powerful, isn't it?
1: It is, yeah. I mean, it's so many. But I see. I think since becoming a gun owner, that's what's really made me aware of of language in the media and how how certain you know the things are exploited and there's agendas at play and all that. Just because it could be something as simple as that, mm. and all of a sudden, people that aren't really in the know or aren't aware or don't shoot. They get all worried and concerned about things, and it's not just. Firearms and that it's applied. There's so many things, and again, it's going back to this division and all that kind of stuff. You know, just playing everyone off against each other, but it is very powerful and it's something in a Sierra community we're always trying to just move away from. Just to yeah, well, get...
0: it, it, it's it's very valid because uh, you know, weapon's only a weapon if you intend to go and hurt someone. W- w- exactly. so, sort of, you know, I, like I can. It's a little bit like in my sort of life. um and I try to d- deter people from using words like addict, especially deter people from using words like smackhead and crackhead and all these disgusting terms that we we've allowed to creep into our vocabulary, and, and people use them as though that's completely fine. And the the way I would explain this is language is so powerful, you know. Language is so powerful and oppression is so powerful. If you went up to someone and said, oh, I heard your, I heard your mother's a cancer, right? They'd go and they'd knock you out, right? And quite mm. rightly so. But it's fine to go up to someone with a mental health condition who's battling hard, who's, who's suffered childhood trauma and this is coming out in later life as, as, as addiction, which is a mental health condition. And call them an addict. It's like, and then you're wondering why that person doesn't get better. Why they then repeat the cycle? And it's because you're using language about them that's just disgusting. Um, It's actually something
1: I've never thought about, but I can see it. It it, it sort of dehumanizes. Yeah, it dehumanizes exactly. When people
0: say, "Chris, oh, you you're an addict," I say, "No." I will, you know, even though it's the proudest thing in my life is being a drug addict, right? And and people either get that or they won't. If they don't get it, I always say you're probably not as far on on your journey as as some of us are. Um, if you could understand how absolutely challenging it is to have something put upon you that you didn't ask for, right? Which is a mental health condition, basically. Driven by childhood trauma. Not driven by drugs, which is what people think. Oh, well, you took the drug... No, no, no. Substances cannot cause addiction. That's like saying... Uh, yeah, I've got this really fast car. It keeps making me have speeding tickets. I think people can can, can understand that analogy, right? And um, it's... So I say to people... You know, you call me best-selling author, call me pilot, call me a skydiver, call me a former Royal Marines commando, call me an international, um, you know, traveller, adventurer, call me an inspirational speaker. Why do you pick addict? Out of all those things you could have described me as, why why, why, why is it that, that you know, and I'm not doing it to be facetious. I just, just put it back on people and make you think, ah, yeah, no, I hadn't thought of that before. And its society is set up to just stigmatize groups, and this 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 is what you're finding, Dave, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, I've, I've, I've definitely become a more liberal or libertarian person, if you like, simply because it's once you realise when you're discriminated against for something that you're not doing any harm. You know what business is it of anyone else is what you do with yourself as long as you're harming no one else and it's definitely you know question some of my own opinions and things i used to hold. Like, wow that was silly you know so I, I yeah i think i think it's something just again people need to really reflect on themselves and why why they think they should be able to tell everyone else what to do and it's interesting as well what you're saying that all those accomplishments it's the sort of Maybe that a negative thing people are, are judging you on and, and, and maybe not understanding why or what's going on. It's it's, it's a sign of society and whether we've been moulded like that or it's just human nature, I don't know. But I'm always saying to people, educate yourself, reflect on yourself maybe more often and start worrying about other people and what yeah. they do. Yeah, I
0: I I, I mention this sort of thing in my when I'm doing podcast day because for me like i say it's a badge of honor mother nature decided that i was the one she was going to put this challenge on and off the back of it i've i've come through and achieved every single goal that i ever dreamt of i've done everything i'm the only person i know that's done everything on my bucket list and then yeah. i just write another bucket list and i do that as well um yeah. and so I can't see any of my life experiences being negative. I've also got the most perfect little boy that i just never dreamed I could. I never dreamed I'd be the father of a lad like that. Um, and so my argument is I've obviously made all the right decisions in my life. Right. Because absolutely because no one will would take him away from me. Right. But for people that are still struggling with, or in the thick of addiction, I think we all struggle with it our whole lives. If I was honest, um, but people in the thick of it, one of the things that holds you there is negative self-image. You know, it's 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 this loss of a sense of self. It's feeling second best, or or, and how how are these spo- these individuals supposed to recover when the people that love them allegedly? a calling and names. Oh yeah, my brother's an addict. It, it it's just horrible. It's just anyway, friends at home. Sorry, <laughs> but this is a chat between two mates, and this is the sort of stuff mates mates chat about. And uh, I I I think it's um we can all get something from it. So if I use the word firearm, it that's is is that a sort of more or is that that's that's also sort of got commentations, isn't it?
1: Yeah, uh, it's only that I, suppose, I don't
0: I don't know what the next video is going to be. Whether it'll be a pistol, a crossbow, or a, well, I kind of do. But well, I mean, what's
1: the preferred terminology? Sorry, what's the preferred terminology? Honestly, I would I would just say firearm. I mean, it's a kind of catch-all. I mean, there's there's probably all sorts of obviously like. Always oh, you got shotguns, what about shotguns? Shotgun certificates, but I think, generally speaking, that firearm's good enough. It covers everything without too many sort of negative connotations and things like that. It's, it's certainly my preferred term, but, yeah. I mean, by all means, you say see what you like. <laughs> uh,
0: no, 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 It's. I think it's good you point it out. Right, let me go back to the video. I sometimes forget to put the video on when I'm playing it, and people must be wondering... Ah... so i don't know if this is henry but this dude looks a a real rambo i have no idea what this firearm is i i think we'd probably both um say again it's it's not even like a a, a version of a of an armor light or a m16 it's it's again some sort of hybrid thing dave does that make sense
1: uh, yeah is it is it maybe an AK is it maybe the AK it, platform? to
0: be honest the angle we're looking at it makes the weapon look really short but it might it might actually be a modern take on the AK because it's got the stock with the the slit in the stock yeah you know one of the AK models doesn't it, it has like two iron bars that go back in the stock uh, yeah. friends at home anybody knows or anyone wants to do an internet search put it in the comments you're more than welcome if uh, you if you get it correctly I will buy you a Mercedes
1: there you go um, uh, I think there's a few we've got a few videos sent in and there's a lot of guys go abroad to shoot or they shoot uh, they maybe came to Britain and from their own country where they've been shooting so we got we've got a few videos. I was actually trying to find a few videos myself uh, when I've been abroad to like Czech Republic and Poland. Uh, you know, you're able to shoot handguns and, and self-holding rifles there. And again, I, that's something I do like to talk about because well, you're going to Europe and it's in many ways it's probably easier for people to book a holiday and go and shoot abroad than it is in their own country because our laws are, are quite restrictive, unnecessarily so. And I always say, well, if you can go to another country and shoot and they can own these firearms, why can't we? And a lot of these countries have got lower crime rates than the UK. And I think it's, it's interesting talking about Poland and especially the Czech Republic as they their countries that suffered under Nazism. They were not occupied by the Nazis and then they were occupied by the Soviets and they suffered brutal regimes. And walking about these countries, you know, you'll know, find a lot of memorials and cases for someone that maybe criticized his regime State Security Bureau turns up in the middle of the night, drags their father out of bed, and he's never seen again and things like that. Horror stories. So I think that's why a lot of these countries have experienced such harsh regimes, are more liberal in terms of freedom. They, they recognize the, the symbolism of that more than anything. And it's, they don't want to go back to the dark days, whereas it seems in other countries were, we're rushing into them headlong. But I would always, I would honestly recommend uh, people, if they get a chance, go abroad, try shooting in these countries. It's great fun. A lot of the facilities are fantastic. They're really modern, and you, you can shoot all sorts of great things. And it's, it's very safe. You're supervised. It's, it's really good. And it's a good way to get a wee taster quite easily and get a holiday out of it as well. It's really good.
0: I think the other thing as well, just to chip in on your point, Dave, is I, we, we're very protected well let's just say up until recently we kind of had our freedoms in the uk right i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna talk anything more about that i think everyone knows what anyone who's switched on knows what we're talking about but up until this point we've been quite spoiled we've had our freedom not spoiled it's not sport to get freedom but but compared to other countries that have suffered these awful regimes we've had it quite nice in the UK right every time there's been a conflict it's been off our shores we haven't um, obviously there was the, the the blitz let we can all come up with um, uh, uh, exceptions to, to to the rules so to speak but what what I'm trying to say is I have friends from uh, Eastern Europe. Well, they, they like to be referred to as Central European. So, so basically, friends that came from countries that were behind the Iron Curtain. And they'd say, Chris, in the middle of the night, a car would put up outside your neighbour's house. The men in the black uniforms would get out, drag your neighbour into that car. You never saw him again, right? That's just because that neighbour stood up freedom right this is real this is real this is my friends okay i mean but when did the iron curtain come down 92 wasn't it so they've been they've been out of that for for quite some time now fortunately that 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 the secret police kind of scenario but it's also you go to cambodia my god go to the killing fields I think they've taken it down now because of political correctness and all this sort of stuff. but there used to be a monument. It was, I don't know, let's say 30 foot tall. It's just made of skulls, human skulls. Um, in fact, it was like a, a glass cabinet that went up and each shelf was just stacked with human skulls as a not just a, a memory in memory of the dead, but as a reminder, look, this is what happens if you accept, if, if you accept the loss of freedom. And folks, this isn't a long time ago you know this is was it eighties I think it went the Pol Pot regime went went on until um apologies if I, I, I you know this is relatively recent history um this is not people being mad I don't know tinfoil hats or something this is this is serious there's there's people out there that are just born sociopaths they don't care about you and me. They don't care. They're just obsessed with power.
1: Um, well, I think that's such a good point, Will, Chris. I think power, I don't think power necessarily corrupts, but I think it uh, attracts all the wrong people. And maybe people, I'm not that interested in telling people what to do with their lives. I just want to go on with my own life, enjoy it, work hard, play hard, enjoy enjoy things. But you have people that pursue power. And I think because they pursue pursued power, they, they end up. great fan of projection theory and that people that want power want judge you by how they react which is why they want to restrict your freedoms because they're worried what you might do with it because they judge them by they judge you by their standards but people should go and see concentration camps and 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 see what's happened and as you say right up until the 80s 90s it's still going on in some countries just see the absolute horror and, and bad things that unrestricted government power can do. And I don't think that's extreme to say that, but I think it, it ends up, it creeps up on you. And before you know it, you're in this situation. There was a, a, a good, I can't remember who said it, but there was a good uh, sort of idea. I've seen someone say the all day that people shouldn't, people who shouldn't want to have government jobs, they should be restricted. They should do it out of a sense of civic duty they take their turn and then they go away. That way they're probably going to do the best job they can rather than being out for themselves. But, yes, absolutely. Oh, but absolutely. Sorry, I keep, keep taking it away from firearms here, sorry. <laughs> well,
0: no, I mean, it's it's all relative. And, and I think part of the problem is um, when you start to compartmentalise society or segregate this issue from this issue as though it's just two different things, Um I think this is why we're controlled so much. We don't see we don't see how one thing affects, you know, one thing affects another. So you have got one person over here arguing about th- these lives matter. You've got someone over here going, gun control, you got someone over here saying, I don't want my my child to have that that thing, right? I think right. And not understanding they're all it's all the same narrative. It's all um it's all I'm saying this a lot, Dave. You know that that the money system that we 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 operate under goes back eight thousand years to ancient Babylon. When really? When yeah, well, when greedy little. There's the great book. If anyone, it's it's quite a, a. I don't know if turgid is the right word. Quite a turgid read. It's it's quite like you wade through it. It's a bit like treacle, but it's this one here. It's called. There's a, this book's in my um, Amazon shop, folks. There's a link in the description below this video if you want to get it. It's called The Babylonian Woe. And it talks about how in ancient Babylon, people came up with this money system of um, essentially what we're seeing today. So uh, lending money out and then charging interest on its return, then creating a system where, you don't actually have the money that you lend out. It's just invis—it's it's non-existent, but you still, you, you, you lend it out on paper, right? And then you get interest in return. It's called, I believe now it's called fractional reserve banking. So banks haven't got the money in their vault that they lend out. They've only got to have 10%. The rest of it's all just ones and zero or numbers on a computer screen, right? And at the same time, you've got the central banking system that can just print money at will, so they can control uh, I- inflation rates. So if they want to crash the economy, they just print less money. There's less money in circulation. People can't pay their their loans that they've taken out for their businesses or their houses or whatever. That crashes, and then all the rewards come back to the exact same people that have just crashed the system. Okay, this is this is this is how if you've never considered this sort of thing, it's really hard to have a holistic understanding of what's, what's going on in life and what's affecting us all. And as you can probably tell, I'm not a, I'm not a, um, you know, I'm not a connoisseur when it comes to, or I'm not the uh, authority when it comes to all this, but I, but I, but I get it right. I get it enough to see what's going on. And, and, um, off the back of this money system that's, like I say, it, I, I say 8,000 years. No no one really knows for certain, but we, we're all a slave to it, Dave, right? It's got us all. If you think about it, um, how many times do we have to rein in what we say? We can't speak. We can't have our freedom of speech because if we upset the wrong person, we lose our income or we lose our, our house or, I mean it's all this and it all comes back to the fear that this money system implements from a young age we're taught you've got to go into this career you've got to have this job you've got to earn this money you then got to get the house and everything feeds into this this system which is inherently evil from the start because it enslaves everybody then you're paying back for the rest of your life you're paying back you're paying back you're paying back at the same time because everybody is a slave to that wage, they then become blackmailable and corruptible. You know, they, 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 you, you, you get certain positions in, in the job pyramid, and at this p- p- position, you get paid more money than, than this position. At this position, so as people work their way up and they work really hard to get to here, then suddenly they're told, ah, in order to get to the next position, you've got to pollute this this river in the Amazon basin, because we need to get the minerals out. Or, or uh, okay, yeah, just do it. Just, 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 just. you see how it works? We're, we're we're all corruptible in in by, by this evil money system, and um, it it's amazing how many people have never even thought of it, don't even understand how it works, don't know about fractional reserve banking, don't understand the central banking system. What a stronghold that they've got on the whole planet, and ah, after this podcast, they will, mate, eh?
1: <laughs> Hopefully, it's, gonna... it's, it's interesting what you're saying. I mean, even just certain, like the the loss of freedoms. I mean, as a firearms owner, I, I like to think I base everything I say on facts. I don't think I'm too extreme with. I don't think I'm extreme at all with what I'm saying. But there is obviously concern that. Without any kind of trial, anything like that, if you say something that someone doesn't like, you could have your firearm certificate removed. And then I mean, there's a lot of problems, a lot of money invested just for having an opinion without threatening any kind of violence or anything. It is a way to, and I think that's exploited is within the shooting community, is the fear of having your certificate revoked for saying, you know, for standing up and sticking your head above the trenches and saying, I don't agree with this. It's something that I think keeps a lot of people scared to speak out about certain issues, uh, and uh, as you say, it applies to everyone in every walk of life. You know, whether they want that promotion, they, they maybe don't do the right thing or say the right thing. And I don't know, maybe that's why I'm still a pleb, uh, because uh, I do believe you should try and do the right thing all the time, and you should compromise. Yes, I mean we're all
0: human. We all make mistakes. We all do things that we probably shouldn't and regret. But there's there's one thing with you know the sort of small errors of everyday life, and there's another just being a complete nutcase that wants to control the whole goddamn show. And that that's what I believe that 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 we're seeing. And it's it's just it's I just feel like you only get one life. When it's gone, it's gone. The okay. Some people might believe in reincarnation or whatever, but it's a very short time on this planet and to see now that the younger generation, the freedoms that they've lost compared to what we enjoyed, and it's not just freedom as in legal freedoms, it's freedom as in thought. Um, It's freedom as in being able to express yourself. It's freedom as in being able to understand like your gender and your sexuality from a a um, non-biased perspective. It's freedom to not be in a constant state of fear, the kind of state of fear that, that social media can create or or that the, the mainstream media create. The fear now um, that, you know, you have parents won't let their children go outside. Whereas when we were kids, that's all we did. We we only went outside. Morning, you know, morning, noon and night, um... All this kind of stuff, the 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 advertisements that the young people are just subjected to, barrage of barrage of adverts all the time of stuff you don't need. You know, every time my son says to me, "Dad, look at that," and I say, "Son, where where does that toy end up? In the sea." Yes, the plastic from it, it will be used for one day if that. Then it will be put on a shelf and never used again. And even if it's a favourite toy, it won't be used longer than a year. No. Then it's junked, it's trashed, goes into landfill. That plastic seeps through the, the soil, ends up in the sea sun, killing all the fish. What do you want when you've got Do you want to see beautiful fish and go and be able to catch a fish? Or do you want five minutes with a rubbish toy that, you know, this? we're trying to when you take a child in a shop and they see these magazines and they got the plastic toys stuck to the front, they they just want, they're all, they're all at children's height. Of course, of course they're going to want them. And we're not kind of, you know, we're not fascist day. We don't like not let our son have toys or stuff like that. But we just try to try to work through it a bit and not just for him, but for us, because we're all, we're all wasteful in this life and we all do stuff that we don't, need to do and ah
1: well have you ever seen the film they live yeah oh massively yes yeah. i think i mean i think we're very fortunate you know we have all this stuff but to me he puts the glass on it's, it's like consume obey yeah absolutely i think there's quite a bit of merit to that dave you've turned it
0: you've turned into a skeleton mate oh no you want <laughs> <onto> me <laughs> yeah do you want to explain for our friends at home what what that film's about?
1: Yeah, sure, it's- uh, Is it Roddy Piper is the star of it, or am it I- It is Roddy Roddy, isn't it? Uh, and Nicky, uh, David, it's, uh, it's a joint the film. And it's basically, I've not watched it for a while, but it's like this guy, I think he's down He's his luck, he's looking for work, and he ends up, he's aware that something doesn't seem quite right. He's kind of like, you know, he's just seen all these kind of weird little things happening. And it ends up... A lot of people have probably seen there's an episode of South Park that kind of takes a takes mick out a bit uh, with a couple of the characters. But it's basically, there's a scene where he ends up, he finds these sunglasses and he puts them on and it lets you see the world as it is. And, you know, if you looked at a billboard advertising something, it's just, as you're saying, you are know, saying, it's something you don't need. It's like, you know, you put the glasses on, it's like, consume, spend money, stay asleep. Be obey. brainwashed. Yeah, and it's, it's as if there's, I think, it's like a signal getting put out by these sort of aliens that run the, run the world. And uh, there's a signal getting put out, and you put the glasses on, it lets you see through the signal. It's a good film, I right? I mean, obviously, it's a it's a film, but I think you can look at it and take something away from it that, all right, it's maybe not aliens, but, you know, there is people that they want you to buy and consume and not, again, not reflect, stay asleep and all that. I think there, there's merit to it. So it's a good film. If nothing else, by John Carpenter, he's one of my sort of favourite directors. So I would say it's a good film to watch, but yeah, I think there's a there's a bit to it. Definitely. Um
0: brother, just one second. I've just had um I don't want to start an urban rumour here and get the country in turmoil, but I've just been told Prince Philip's died. Um So I might have to edit this bit out if he hasn't, but. <laughs> Do you know, oh, what, well?
1: actually, Prince Philip, uh, when the handgun ban was happening, I think he was one voice of, obviously, I think he's well known for speaking his mind, you know, but he made a point that when they were banning handguns, he said, Well, what if someone went and bathed a lot of people to death with a cricket bat? Would you ban cricket bats? And he was derided for it, but again, it's, it's a fair point. You know, I'll be. I'd oh be so
0: um do we want the evening standard, the daily mail, or the mirror? They're all as bad as each other, aren't they? Um okay. let's go for the mirror. Bear with us a sec, folks. Sorry, Dave, to interrupt you. It's just this is kind of a bit historic, isn't it? Let's have a look. Right. Absolutely. Um Prince Philip dead, Duke of Edinburgh, dies at 99 at Windsor Castle. The Queen is mourning the loss of her strength and stay. Um, Prince Philip has died peacefully at Windsor Castle at the age of 99, just weeks after he was released from a London hospital and reunited with the Queen. There we go. I'm not going to read any more. But uh, he had a good innings, didn't
1: he? Certainly did, yeah. I thought he might have, got, might have made to get a telegram from his good lady. but Yeah, um, they wouldn't have to deliver it very far, would they? I know, I always wondered how that would work. But nah, that's a shame. I mean, I think for all, whatever you think that Rod I always thought he was quite amusing. And sometimes, you know, he spoke his mind. So that's a, it's a bit of a shame.
0: Yeah, there's, in, there's always going to be two sides. To, well, there's probably multi-dimensional sides to every story in every personality and it's not going to suit everyone um there was talk a while back that the this world wildlife fund that he was the patriot on of um was just so all the rars could go and shoot the in- endangered species so they knew where that where they all <laughs> where they all were um sorry folks i'm not being flippant it's just i'm not a guy that takes death Seriously, we're all going to die. I would rather celebrate life and uh, and uh, and smile. So you're not going to get <laughs> you're, not, you're not going to see me too upset about someone that I I never even met. Um, it's just the way it, just just the way it is in this house. I'm afraid.
1: I actually met him once.
0: Oh, okay, right. No, cry. You,
1: you can cry now, Dave. <laughs> I don't know. No, I didn't. It was a long time ago with that a youth organisation done, it was Her Majesty and uh, the Prince and uh, I think we all looked quite, we didn't have nice, nice uniforms, with some of the military ones, so they uh, uh, kind of ignored us, but Her Majesty came over and uh, she said something to me, you know, and I was like, I eh, because she was so well-spoken, you know, I'm be wee Scottish guy, I didn't really understand her at first, I just went, eh, aye, and then I think she told Prince Philip to come over and talk, not ignore us, she'll <laughs> come and talk to us for a bit, but yeah, he just spoke to the instructors, but that was a, a long time ago now. So rest in peace, Prince Philip. Um,
0: Dave, just let's finish off. We're talking about this wonderful weapon, and yeah. I believe it's the Lee Enfield rifle. I'm not sure what the model number is. Um, you're probably going probably gonna to remind me. Uh, the bolt-action... Yep, the boat yep. action. Second yeah, world, here. Second
1: World War. I know, I had them all stacked up, nicely and slid to the side there. <laughs> if yes, you're, should...
0: if you're in the military, you'd be put on the flank.
1: Oh yes, this is uh, probably <laughs> oh, the pride of my collection. It's, uh, I just got it last year. Uh, well, I've only shot a couple of times now, but it's just wonderful. I think it's more for the history than anything else. It's so a Lee Enfield SMLE or Smelly. Uh, it was made in 1918. I think it's a BSA model. Uh, but yeah, love it. It's just a great piece of history. And these are things you can own rifles like this in the UK. Uh, they're great fun to shoot. But for me, it really is the history. I mean, this is, if this could talk, where's it been? It's been used World War One maybe across the British Empire, possibly the start of World War II. You know, just a wonderful piece of history, piece of engineering. And that's that's part of the fascination as well about shooting. It's not necessarily, you know, it's, it's the history and the engineering that goes with it. It's, it's, you know, it's a big package. You know, it's not necessarily absolutely shooting. A lot of people collect, because, you know, it's as I say, it's something that some people like cars, some people like guns, but, uh, you know, if you're ever interested in things like this, you can own them, you can shoot them. And there is there is a few about. So, you know, if, how, you, if this is your thing, get involved. How come it's in such good condition? It, look, it, it literally looks brand new. I'll try and put it up just to, as you can see. But uh, why is it in good condition? I don't, I don't know. Maybe it hasn't seen much action. I really wish I could... Uh, I don't know if i could eventually look up the serial number and find out who's used it and where it's been but uh i mean it is it's in wonderful condition and it's i mean the action itself it's nice and tight it doesn't feel like it's been used too much but uh that's a so, wonderful firearm
0: so this was some standard issue in the british army prior to
1: the slr i believe uh, in a way yes So you know you need to ask a real expert when it comes to all the different models but uh, yeah, so I think this was sort of, I think it was about 19, early 1900s, this model came in, and you'll, you'll often see, uh, if you look at the sort of muzzle, the number four infield two sort of was standard issue during World War II. This was replaced, I think, at the start of World War Two, and the SLR replaced the number four infield, I think, in the 1950s. So, but... A variation of the the Enfield, I think it was the Enfield Enforcer, which was re re chambered to 762 NATO, same caliber as the SLR. Uh, It was in service up until I think the 80s when it was replaced by the Accuracy International. So, uh, yeah, the Enfield, I mean, I think even in India, still in use with their reserve forces, Mm. these rifles are fantastic. But uh, the number four, I think, was just. Easier to uh, manufacture. Obviously during wartime, it was a bit simpler. I think maybe a bit cheaper. But uh, yeah, great rifles. And seven point six two. Uh well, this is a three oh three British. Ah, uh, Lee uh, Enfield
0: three oh three, of course. But three oh three is good.
1: the imp- imperial measurement, yeah, isn't it? What that, uh, a lot of them. I think uh, you do get ones that were rechambered we for seven six two NATO. So I mean, a three or three, I think seven point seven millimeters. I think maybe not. But, yeah,
0: uh, I'm, I'm. never. I'm. I'll be honest. I'm not good at maths. At the best of times. Um, but yeah, it was a heavy slug anyway, wasn't it? Heavier than five
1: point oh, five yeah. six is what what we're saying. Well, that's uh, that was all through the why? Yeah, firearms have have changed obviously during. Earlier conflicts, you had a full power cartridge, and then uh, you could talk about the history all day. But Mm. eventually, obviously, we're now at the sort of 5.56, and I think a lot of military forces are going back to a slightly larger uh, caliber or sections will now have like a designated marksman or something like that with a 7.62 simply because the ranges they're shooting at, the 5.56 just doesn't have the range or the knockdown power. It's you know, it, it, it can trace its lineage back to World War II when it, the Germans uh, manufactured the STG-44. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's, no, it's like, no, I'm I'm not. That was, was, you could really say it was a world's. It's actually where the name assault rifle comes from, I think Sturmgewehr, which means assault assault rifle. And it basically, I think they cut down the full-bore full uh, Mauser cartridge and they shortened it. And they used it now that, that firearm you can actually get a 2.2 rim fire version in the uk now it's, in, it's semi-automatic but uh yeah so that, that was actually the first assault rifle and that's where the term if you're applying assault rifle it should be a select fire firearm uh, so full automatic semi-automatic and it fires an intermediate cartridge uh, so it's not full war full power 762 so the 556 is generally considered. Intermediate, but uh, yeah, as I say, a lot of forces are now kind of going back the way because uh, I think they're finding the conflict ranges just a five-five-six doesn't cut it. Maybe that's probably something you might have more experience with than myself, obviously. But
0: yeah, now you—you uh, uh, apparently what they found out in Afghanistan, and this is just what I was told. I I don't I don't know how much merit is in it, but when they were fighting fires that were high on on some kind of drug that the 5.56 wasn't stopping them they just kept coming um obviously it depends where you hit someone with a 5.56 uh but yeah so they've gone to this oh it's a, it's a fantastic looking weapon again friends somebody i always forget the name of it but it's a it's It's a 7.62, but it's a short version, so it's good for close combat. So you don't, you know, because obviously the SLR, the length of the barrel meant you couldn't swing it around in confined spaces. Uh In addition, SLR wasn't fully, fully automatic, but this weapon is both of those things. It looks, it looks, yeah, looks like it's going to do the job it's designed to do. Funnily enough, um, you use the Enfield 303 in the Marines in training, but you use it for the swimming test. So, right. yeah, you for the for the battle swimming test that every every Marine has to pass. You go up to the high diving board. You're wearing uh, combat combat top and bottoms. You've got. Um, Webbing on with two ammunition pooches as we call them, pouches. In each one you've got a house brick, so it's quite quite heavy. And strapped across you or strapped over your back, you've got the field 303 and you have to jump off the high board. you sink to the bottom of the pool. Then you have to really swim hard to get to the surface because you weigh so much. Once you're on the surface, you've got to swim down the pool, swim back up. Then without touching the side, you've got to take the rifle off, hand it to somebody to simulate, for example, getting into a life raft or getting into a boat. You hand it to the to the guy. Then you've got to undo your webbing, and you've got to get out of that all all while swimming. and wow. you, you hold that up to the guy. And then when he's grabbed it, you swim away. And you have to tread water for for ten minutes. Wow! And for for guys who've got good buoyancy, it's fair. It's it's they pass this first time. For people like me who are a bit bit of a skinny gym who sink to the bottom of swimming pools, um, it's
1: a hard test to pass. Well, I can imagine! But I'd they like give it. that a go, right? Enough. <laughs> I, I think, think the heights would be the worst thing for me. I don't mind water, but that sounds like a cool challenge. Yeah. But they
0: give you the old three hundred three. I don't. I don't think it's got all the working parts in because obviously they'd go rusty. But it's obviously oh, nice. it it's certainly got the barrel on it and everything. Um, uh-huh. Yes, Dave. Listen, you've been a wonderful guest.
1: Awesome. Um, not, Thanks for having me.
0: Well, not just to talk about um, firearms and shooting, but also the 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 the, the bigger picture. Um, you know, it's think we need more people that are awake to be br- brutally honest and fortunately a lot more people are waking up to the the fact that the reality we've been fed from birth through this bloody black box in the corner of the room isn't really you know isn't quite what it seems and it's and it's yeah. not in our best interest no
1: i definitely i do tell a lot of people turn it off i don't watch it at all and i'm a lot happier for it i think you know yeah. i tell people it off you know it just it makes you unhappy or the doom and gloom so yeah man, you're spot do, on there do you need to promote your club at all how i
0: don't know how that works
1: uh well all, all i would ask is uh, if there's anyone interested in taking up sports shooting in the uk check us out on facebook or we've got a website if you've got any questions about the process or concerns you know contact us because really ultimately we just want to increase the number of responsible firearms owners in the UK. And obviously, with that, you hope you've got a better voice when it comes to making positive changes. So, if you want to check us out, uh, Firearms UK on Facebook is probably your best bet, or firearmsuk.org our website. Yeah. Any questions, queries, more than happy to help you out. We, we do it all, you know, it's not no charge, right? We just want to encourage people to get out there and take up this wonderful sport. So, please check us out.
0: Brilliant. I'm just, for your info, I'm just showing them your
1: Instagram page. So, awesome. There you go. Oh, yeah. By the way, we're on Instagram and Twitter as well. So if it's easier for you to drop us a message on there, go ahead. Always, Obviously, it will help.
0: We'll put your, your links below the video. It's so, nothing. Dave, ma- massive thank you again to everybody at home. Massive love to you all. I hope you found this as fascinating as I have. If you could please like and subscribe. Wait, wait, I'm going to get my graphic. Dun, dun, dun. Look at that. If that's not enough to make you want to join the channel, then I'm going to go gardening. Look after yourselves and we'll see you in the next one. Dave, if you can just stay on the line while I play my outro and then I'll I'll uh, thank you. I'll say another thank, thank you to you. Hello friend, I hope this finds you well. My name's Chris Thrall, I'm a former Royal Marines Commando and I fought my way back from chronic trauma and addiction to live, work and travel in 80 countries across all seven continents, achieving all of my dreams and goals along the way. Now I pass my simple system onto other people but I can only help you if you like and subscribe. So please do so because you get one life and if you live it right, one is enough.